Most fantasy football leagues, they're in the bag. We close the door on 2023 and debate some hot topics for 2024. All this and more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. It's coming at you. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. But they don't know Something they haven't seen I find a gap on the screen And hit them right in between Yeah, I got it And I got it Just one thing to say Yeah, but they don't know Something they haven't seen I'm off that mean Joe Green It got me fading In between fantasy football podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. A new year has begun just as the fantasy football season that was comes to a close. Hopefully it was another victorious season for you, our faithful listeners. We'll certainly chat all about what's happened here in week number 17 of the season. We're also going to look forward to 2024. And my name is Seth Wilcock, and I am joining you today from Amish country, Pennsylvania. And I am now a winner of my fantasy football home league that I've been chasing this ship in the current configuration for eight plus years, we get it done here. First round pick, Travis Kelsey. So I had to rep him today on the show. Uh, and I'm joined by a man who slings data, rips a Toyota Sienna, and uh, he's a Husky loyalist. He's Scott Rainier. Scott, how are we doing today as the fantasy football season comes to a close? Oh, well, dipping away from fantasy for a second, I think my heart rate has just now gotten back down to normal after that. Crazy <laughs> yes. ending to the Sugar Bowl last night. Oh yeah, telling you before the show, like I've been working a lot on not letting myself get too stressed and just invested in the outcomes of sporting events ever since the Seahawks lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl because I went to a dark place. But that was <laughs> the most stressed I've been at the end of a game yeah. since that Super Bowl. Um, the way that all played out. So luckily, got the win. It's, it took me about. Took me about a half hour to get over it to the point where I could actually be like, oh my God, we're in the championship game. So, and just like in 1991, they beat Michigan, they're national champs. There we go, man. There we go. I'm glad to see it worked out for you and your Washington <laughs> brethren out there. And uh, how did week 17 shake out for you, Scott? I was in five championships. I took home four of them. Yes, as Dave's saying here in the chat, I did take home the lateral league. Shout out Herms for creating that one. That was a really fun league. And did take the JWB County League. Yes. So it was a good league, good year. The only one I lost, Scott, was uh, I was playing my dad. And I, I he had Isaiah Pacheco. And I lost right at the end to him. Lost by one in the family league. So I can I can let dad get, get one here. Uh, shout out to Pops. But uh, other than that, man, I, I thought it was a good week number 17 for me. Some heroes. Brees Hall, Travis Etienne came back for me. What about yourself? So I was in... 
I was in a total of, do you want to know about my return on investment or just my? <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Um, I was in a total of 10 just season long leagues um, and then two guillotine leagues, one with in between media. So the guillotine leagues, I both, I made it pretty far in both, but didn't, didn't went out. Of the 10 regular leagues, I made the championship game in four and I have, I won two of them. Um, my main and oldest home league, I got slaughtered. So that's my one loss. Uh, and then yeah. the, fourth, the fourth one was a league I joined with my brother and some friends just this year um, with some of the same just old friends from high school and whatnot and some family. Um, but for, you know, for some money. And I'm in a two-week championship. So it's, a, okay. it's the okay. week 18 will actually be the, the second leg. But I've got a I've got a 36-point lead going into the Okay, you're feeling 18. good then. Um, so hopefully that will pan out, but I guess my claim to fame this year. Well, so the first dynasty league I ever joined, uh, through fantasy moose in the moose leagues, um, I repeated as champion this year. In that okay. League. I made, I made a trade. I made a trade like a month before the playoffs for Lamar and for Lamar and Puka, um, you know, and yeah. right, you know, right yeah. as Lamar got hot. So, um, but I, I joined Nate and Jen Polvots Polvots home league last year. And I got to the championship game in that in that league this year, and I just destroyed the guy. So that that was probably my favorite. Good, just because it's Nate and Jen's Jen's home league, you know. There you go. You're feeling good. You're coming. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, potentially winning three out of four championships. I've never won more than one in one season. So yeah, congrats to you, man. Congrats. Cool. Let us know in the chat, guys. Did you win any fantasy football championships this this year? And if so, did we help you at all? Did we hurt you at all? Let us know. Let us know the good and the bad of it. Uh, Also joining us tonight, we got audio engineer Kyle Scott in the back end. Kyle, you'll be on camera here a little bit later for Would You Rather. How are you feeling this evening? And how was the fantasy football season and New Year's for you? Uh, the New Year's was great. The fantasy football season started off real great, ended up after the playoffs, not too good for me. But overall, really fun. I got to see you over New Year's. Let's go, baby. We played some disc golf, much like my fantasy football season. I started off great and then just collapsed. I wasn't going to bring this up until you were on the show later, but I, you you brought it up. So, Scott, I had a, uh, I had a three- I was down three strokes going to, into the last hole with, with with Kyle in disc golf this weekend. It was terrible. He had this massive collapse. I, I, I beat him on that hole. I beat him on the playoff hole. Um, Kyle, great, great game, though. I didn't deserve to win. I was playing CD golf, so sorry about that, bud. No, I, I mean, I, I lost after that first throw on the ninth hole. I was just – I was seeing ghosts. I, <laughs> there was no coming back from that. I couldn't <laughs> – I had nothing to do. You ever get that Sam Darnold moment, Scott? You know, I have a very similar story. My family used to play a round of golf uh, the Friday of Labor Day weekend every single year. And it was always me and my brother-in-law fighting it out for the best score. And um, we haven't done it in a few years, but the last time we did it, I finally, going into the last hole, I was I was up by like four strokes. Yeah. And I hit a drive. I was like 90 yards out from the green. And I proceeded to shank three straight shots totally got in my head and it, oh. what it took was i finally got it on the green with a bad chip it took like a 30 foot par putt or 30 foot putt just to tie him so Kyle, i would sink this 30 foot putt just to tie him but i, I was finally gonna beat him and like uh, i went i went yeah I, I was seeing ghosts i got in my head i was chuck knob blocking it um so yeah K- kyle kyle almost hit hit the 30 foot putt and then he ends up 
going in and out of the basket and it rolls away. So tough, <laughs> tough break for you, Jim, but hopefully we're back here next year. Uh, we'll we'll play fun. again here in a couple of weeks, but uh, happy new year to the IBT family as well. Before we jump in here, just want to say thank you guys so much for all the support this season. If we can bring you guys the same amount of joy that you bring us each week here in the chat and over on the website as well, we've done our job because you guys make our life so awesome. Thank you for a career year in 2023. We're still kind of wrapping our heads around all the numbers, um, but just want to let you know we because of you guys liking, subscribing to videos uh, and subscribing to the channel, coming back to hang out with us, uh, we have raised our uh, YouTube subscriptions by two times the amount of what we have. So we doubled it. And then uh, our site clicks are up 800% as well. So thank you guys so much for all the support this season. And uh, Scott, we also hosted and purchased our first live event uh, this summer, Draft Night Out. We had that. That comes to a conclusion as well. So 2023 was an awesome year. And uh, shout out Colin McTammony, who uh, he's the guy who gets it done, takes down 144 other drafters in our live draft event. That was pretty cool to see uh, Colin get the W. Yeah, I was glad to see it. I, I swear, like, it was maybe 10 or 15 minutes after I saw his tweet about getting married during during the Fantasy Football Finals. It was a picture of him at his wedding and then takes down DNO. So great week for him, man. Great week for, for Colin. Oh, let's go ahead and let's jump into Would You Rather, and we'll bring the rest of the uh, cast up here after this dope drop. guys so we're gonna move forward we're gonna do some would you rather kyle thanks for uh hosting would you rather as always man why don't you go ahead and crack open the first question we're gonna have some fantasy questions some 2024 entertainment questions uh wheels off man and uh let's go ahead and get things started absolutely would you rather is definitely one of the best games we play uh and we're gonna start off real quick with fantasy football question would you rather draft Tua or Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes at cost in 2024. So Scott, I'll hand it over to you, man. Um, but, but this is a tough one because I feel like this season, more than a lot of the seasons, some of these top quarterbacks came from nowhere. Seven of the top 12 actually in points per game were late round picks or undrafted. I am fl- throwing Joe Flacco in that uh, that mix as well. He did have a couple starts there. Uh, but with Hurts potentially being nerfed this offseason with the tush push being taken away and Josh Allen maybe losing digs, like I just think it's going to be everyone together. And I don't know if I want to pay up for Patrick Mahomes this year. Do you? I mean, it, it's it's so hard to say with the 2023 season not over yet because I don't know what the cost is going to be. Um, you know, I mean, how... how At Mahomes, it, it's always going to be... No, I know. That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. If, if he's still if he's still going as one of the top two quarterbacks, then no. I, it, I You know, I don't. I never ended up with a lot of Mahomes anyway because I don't typically don't draft quarterbacks yeah. that early unless it makes sense. Um, so if he stays relatively close to his, you know, historical draft price, then this wouldn't be 
2024 wouldn't be the year I changed that trend. Now, as far as the other two goes, Brock Purdy, again, it also just depends on how far he climbs because he definitely won some weeks for some people. He has, you know, he has put to rest whether or not he's a good quarterback and deserves to be the starter. Yeah, so, he'll probably yeah. be a, what, seventh, eighth round pick, you would say, maybe? maybe like I, I My only concern with Purdy is what, you know, how much of what they have as a team stays in place next year. Because the one thing he's shown is if everybody around him is not healthy, he has faltered. I mean, yeah. big time, you know, yep. when uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and when Debo was out, that was when they had their, their losing streak and he didn't play very well. And then there were a couple of games where they did play well and they massacred the team they were playing, but they did it all on the ground. So I just, he's still just, I mean, he will put up those weeks, but like he, he absolutely deserves to be the QB. Um, uh, for the Niners, I was completely wrong thinking Trey Lance should be the QB, but um, I still have concerns because it just seems like if, if everything wasn't kind of perfect with that juggernaut team around him, that was when he struggled. Yeah, we saw Trent Williams and Debo Samuel go, go down and Brock Purdy just wasn't the same quarterback. I still just think I'll take the latest guy here. I, I really think probably. I'm probably just going to take the latest quarterback. Uh, that would probably be Tua. You know, you could probably grab him like double digit rounds because of how he finished this season. Had a really, really bad finish the year. Was QB 22 or worse in in a couple of the last uh, last few games there. Before we got Toronto Dave saying uh, IBT did help him this year. We appreciate you, man. We're glad to see it. Uh, sorry you couldn't win. Honestly, I was kind of rooting for Dave to win. I know I was facing him in the lateral league, but... I'd like to see Dave get a couple chips here. Uh, Tootsie Pop saying, hey, I'm here. Hi, fam. Good to see you, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Uh, Kyle, let's go to the next question of the night, uh, 2024 related. What do we got? Sure. So how about another, would you rather draft Jameer Gibbs or Kyron Williams in 2024? Scott, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, again, it'll depend. Like, in my opinion, right now, Kyron Williams is going and probably should cost more. Um, I mean, I don't know what else that guy has to do. I, I got I pulled some stats together for Kyron Williams. He was Let's fourth, go. he was fourth in opportunity share behind <laughs> running back opportunity share behind Barkley, Jacobs, and Mixon. That's it. Um, he's second in rushing yards to CMC having played four fewer games than CMC. Right, right. Uh, first in r- rushing yards per game, uh, second in yards per carry, first in rush attempts per game, fourth in touchdowns, again, only playing 12 games, first in rushing expected points added, first in routes per routes per game. So, I mean, like a bell cow that came out of nowhere. And if, if, the, if the Rams don't do any, and I mean the way that McVeigh used Todd Gurley, like if they don't if they don't draft a you know spend capital on a running back, I don't know why that would change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean I you know obviously I nowhere near my rankings for 2024 yet, but I'm gonna have a hard time not putting Kyron Williams as the RB two behind CMC. I mean wow, I just I based on what he's done, it's like it's it's 100 total yards and touchdown like every single game. Yeah. It's it's crazy with with, with Kyron. I love Williams. Gibbs too, man. If Gibbs, if Montgomery's gone, I mean Gibbs has shown he can be a workhorse in certain games. So I mean, my 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 thoughts could change on this if they turn that backfield over to Gibbs. I just don't think that the Lions are going to do that. I think they're going to keep Gibbs right where he right kind of right where he is, um, with more of a fifty percent opportunity share. 
I wrote in winners and losers this this week that at first we thought he supplanted Cam Akers because it was just Cam Akers and that's how it goes with Cam Akers. Then we all thought like, okay, he's just the RB6 through the first six weeks or whatever he was because of the opportunity. Like this guy's actually good as hell. Like that's what I think like I failed to recognize and probably honestly until like the last two weeks. And I was like, oh no, like Kyron Williams is actually just explosive as fuck. He has great cuts like, I, I think Kyron Williams is the real deal and fantasy analysts, draft scouts, ev- everyone missed on him. So I, I'm with you. I, I think it should be him because Montgomery's still going to be there. There's no one, there's no one to eat into his work. Like, uh, like Gibbs has Kyle. Uh, let's go to the next question. Uh, Toronto and Dave here. He's saying he's going Gibbs. Rachel split. She's going Kyron. Welcome aboard, Rachel. Welcome aboard. I love Jameer Gibbs. But 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 there will be people like 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 not that Dave's on the wrong side of things because I do oh. think like Gibbs has a ton of upside here and it's only going to get better. RB seven uh, on a points per game basis this season and that was in limited work early in the year. So I don't blame you at all, Gibbs he, or uh, or Dave for for taking Gibbs. So uh, good call out there. And uh, Kyle, what do we got here? All right, we have a little bit of a change of pace off of fantasy football into fantasy films. Uh, would you rather see Kung Fu Panda 4, oh. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, or Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes? I can give you descriptions if you'd like. <laughs> I, watched the, I watched the trailers for all three a little earlier today, so I, I feel somewhat prepared. Okay, Scott, you ha- you have kids, so give us the give us the adult with kids perspective from this. You got a couple, you know, a, a couple kind of kids movies. I don't know if Ghostbusters is a kid movie anymore. I don't really know. Well, I mean, honestly, if if I'm just if I get to make this decision, and my kids aren't in the room with me, I'm not picking Kung Fu Panda Four. I like Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I like. I mean, I like the original. I don't You're gonna shame it. on Jack Black already. Here we go, Scott. No, I love Jack Black. I thought the original Kung Fu Panda was great. Um, I have nothing against the franchise. Probably it's hate just... Skull Rock too, don't you? No, not at all. <laughs> um, um, honestly, I'm going Ghostbusters here, man. Give me some Ghostbusters. I watched the preview. Like, it's got a mix. It's got some a mix and mash of the different characters that have been in the franchise so far. A couple oh, of really? Okay. Bill Murray's in it. Um, oh, and Paul Rudd's in it. Okay. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd's in it, like, oh. and it looks like a pretty, pretty cool and kind of ominous uh, uh, kind of plot line uh, with some co- comedic relief by Paul Rudd. Like, I watched that. I watched that preview. The preview for Planet of the Apes is not as thorough because it's it's a little bit more of a sneak peek. It's not, it, I don't think they have a full trailer yeah. yet. But uh-huh. I honestly have never been like super duper into the Planet of the Apes. So, um, so I'm going Ghostbusters here for pure entertainment value. I thought we were going to open up a can of worms and start shitting on the Ghostbusters franchise, but apparently that's apparently this is not how I mean, it's going. Man, that was that was wow. my pick. Kyle, you're 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 the movie guy here as well. Uh, where are you going? All right. I mean, first things first. I'm probably not going to see Kung Fu Panda four. I didn't see uh, two or three. Same. You know? Same. Same. And we were the target. Of, I mean, we were. You know. <laughs> yeah. Everything's gonna go over my head. I'm not gonna know a single thing. Like, why is he a panda? And I'm not gonna watch two and three. And then in- I have to watch one again, not doing it. <laughs> Sorry. And regards to Ghostbusters, Seth, if you want me to start trashing Ghostbusters, I can. I was reading the plot synopsis. I'm sorry, I did not see the word ghost once. 
Where are the <laughs> fucking ghosts? It's Ghostbusters. It's the ice ghost that's freezing the world. In the trailer, in the trailer, the the ghost comes out and has glowing eyes, and Paul Rudd goes like, "Awesome." <laughs> oh. So does that sell it for you, Kyle? <laughs> uh, no. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes uh, is going to be the coolest movie maybe ever. That's oh, I have to. Think. That's what I think. Uh, it's going to kick ass, and it's going to be so good. I can't wait. If I it's really? the coolest movie in the history of movies, I'll probably change my vote. Oh, it for sure will be. <laughs> King, it, look at the title, Scott, and then tell me how it's going to be a bad movie. Yeah, you got two. I, I actually hated the the title. You got two of those in there. I, I, it's too many words. It's way too many words for a title. Just no, but see, throw it out. King you got this, the money. Planet of the Apes might as well be one word. Planet of the Apes. Because it's already a thing. I guess. Kingdom. I guess. But but, but you have of the twice in the title. It's just a bad yeah. title. Like terrible you, title. Copywriters should have caught no, that. That's that how the bad. Planet of the Apes movies are. I get it. I get it. I, this is a remake of, I believe, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes from the seventies. I I actually really that like. That also the, has two of those. Yeah, I I, I really like well, that. Yeah, they all do. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll go with Planet of the Apes. Honestly, like I fuck with Planet of the Apes a little bit. I thought like. Obviously, I I don't think it will be as good without the the, the main character in it. But hey, man, I, I'm down to see some monkeys. Like, see what happened. You know, that was that was a pretty crazy story as a kid here. You know, watching quick, that shit. As a fact checker, my brother is a primatologist, studied chimpanzees forever. They are not monkeys. They are apes. Just so you know. Oh, sorry, sorry. If my brother it. for some reason watched this episode and I didn't correct you, he would scold me. So um, wait, what does your, your 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 brother do? He studies apes for a living. Well, he t- now he teaches like anthropology and stuff. But yeah, he uh, there's a there's a, a chimpanzee sanctuary at one of the colleges here in Washington, and he he worked at it his whole college career, and he went to he went to Borneo to to study some of the flora and fauna there for that for that degree. That's a yeah, fucking he's a, the apes plot, bud. That's a, planet, that's a planet of the apes. apes yeah, plot. he also not to get to pc he also is not a big fan of the way animals are treated when they are then put into movies to be in movies so anyway i will say i really like the nod to mortal Kombat in kung fu panda 4 with the shape-shifting villain that turns into all the other villain all the other the the shang soon cool dope all right i'll take it kyle uh let's shift back to fantasy here man what do we got all right would you rather have Tony Pollard land on the Commanders, the Bears, or the Cardinals? Seth, what's your take? I think we figured out this season that Tony Pollard is not an every down back. As much as we, we wanted to think he was, as much as we'd like to think other, other running backs are as well, the Jalen Warrens of the world, the Khalil Herberts of the world, they just aren't. And this is what happens when you move someone like that into a into a primary lead back role. I think of this lot, I would want him to go to the commanders to maybe play that one B behind Brian Robinson. He can't play every down. And I think this is a franchise. If they can go after a quarterback, reboot things with a head coach who isn't dumb as fuck. Um, no offense, Ron Rivera. I, I don't know what, like, honestly, man, like Ron Rivera has got a lot of explaining to do, man. Like he had a really good resume coming into th- this job and like, it just felt like he didn't give a fuck or he, like something happened he just lost it in the last year or two it it sucks and 
But I, I think the Washington Commanders could be an exciting franchise. They have some good cornerstone pieces, and I, th- I think they'll continue to build. So, yeah, give me Tony Pollard here in a 1B situation. Scott, your thoughts? I tend to agree. I mean, in Arizona, Connor signed through 2024. They do have a they do have an out with a smaller cap hit. Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see Connor going anywhere. And I don't want I don't want Pollard to be sharing the backfield with Connor because I just don't think I mean, Connor is the man in Arizona. Um, And I don't think I just don't think that's the best fit for him. The Bears. I mean, they're they're somewhat intriguing. I mean, I don't think Foreman's an uh, unrestricted free agent after this year. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. And I mean, Herbert, he freaking balled out the last two games, man. And one, one of them was against a pretty tough run D in Atlanta. I mean, he had you know, roughly 20 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown in the last two games. I'm not saying that means he's just going to be the bell cow, but they also have Roshan Johnson they just spent some draft capital on. So I think that would – going there would be just a little bit more of a crowded backfield. I like the commanders because, I mean, I'm not comparing Brian Robinson Jr. to Ezekiel Elliott, but I certainly we did see this year that Tony Pollard is better as a complimentary back to more of kind of a bruiser, you know, two-down back. And, I mean, oddly enough, Brian Robinson – kind of torched it through the air in a few games this year. But I, I like him paired with Brian Robinson in uh, in Washington as long as they can get a quarterback. Kyle, we have a couple more questions to get to. Let's quickly uh, – let's bang one or two of them out, and then uh, we'll get into the rest of the show. Yeah, for sure. Let's keep with some fantasy football for now. Would you rather Brock Bowers land on the Bengals or the Rams, Scott? Um, I honestly – I'd be in favor of – either of these landing spots they're they're a little bit neck and neck for me i mean this year both teams were bottom 10 in tight end target share um but neither of them had anything anywhere close to the talent and skill set of brock bowers so i would have to think that would change they both both teams have a pretty dynamic wide receiver one two combo um in the rams and the the Bengals. Yeah. Um, so honestly, the kind of the tiebreaker for me and the reason I choose Bengals is because they just have a younger, better quarterback in Joe Burrow. So and as long as he can get healthy, um, I mean, I think, can you imagine Bowers with Chase and Higgins? I mean, good God. Um, so that would be pretty fun. My little dark horse is the, I think it'd be pretty fun to watch Brock Bowers, uh, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers tear it up in New York. Wow. Don't put that in my head, Scott. We'll have to make a whole Jets new Jets closer. The Jets are closer to where he's probably going to go than either the Rams or the Bengals. So, yeah, yeah, I, I've been seeing him falling in, in mocks recently just because of the, the need for quarterbacks and, and, and edge rushers at the top of the draft. So, I'm kind of intrigued to see where he goes. Unless the I Falcons will, take him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I think both these landing spots would be great because I, I feel like. I feel like the Rams and the Bengals both are really good at using their young talent. We saw it right away with Puka chase hit pretty much immediately in the league. It took Higgins a couple of weeks to get going, but he was pretty immediate as well. Like they know how to, how to use this younger talent. So I would be okay with the either way. I think from a redraft perspective though, I would rather see Brock Bowers, I think go to the Rams if T Higgins is in fact still a Cincinnati Bengal uh, after this off season. I just think he can kind of slot in and take the volume that Tyler Higby's getting and just doing absolutely fucking nothing with. Um, I mean, Tutu Atwell got like 70 targets in this offense too. I think there's a lot of room for some upgrades, but I think the Bengals probably make sense. Um, either way, it would I, would it hurt? Would you think it would hurt, Scott, like your outlook for uh, any of these wide receivers if he did go there? I don't think so. Um 
I mean, I think, think it would be one of those more things where I think, I think that the, I think the wide receivers on both teams would still get there. They would still eat. Yeah. And he would just take up more of that peripheral, the two, two at well. And I mean, the thing with the Rams that, that I will be looking at too, is, you know, it was a little chaotic this year because Cooper cut played like two healthy games. It feels like. So if he comes back healthy, him and Nakua, then, you know, then it's pretty much the same as far as like targets available that you have in Cincinnati. But no, I don't, I mean, I don't think it really hurts it that much. I mean, if, you know, it's that classic, like, okay, you know, talented pass catchers taking, taking targets from each other or right, taking right. coverage from each other. It's, you know, it's one yeah. of those things. So, yeah. um, I mean, you know, probably the most ideal thing for Brock Bowers would be go somewhere where he's just the number one target, you know, where he is mm-hmm. just the guy for fantasy purposes. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty much a toss up for me with these two teams. All right. Um, Kyle, I think that'll about do it for would you rather we'll save some of these uh, questions for another day here. We're going to let you get to the back end and, uh, check on audio things. And, uh, guys, let's go ahead and shift over to, from the form. Get up, stuck, think about what to do here in between. We got advice for you back and forth all day. Trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right. Yeah. We got Eric in the chat saying, New Year, no stash. The hell, bro. Yeah, listen, man. The stash has a nice run every year. About that, you know, the when winter depression starts hitting in. And, you know, I don't feel like shaving it. And we, we rock it. And I think we rock the stash hard, Eric. But sometimes you got to let it go. So I'm going to let the stash go here. Um, but, but appreciate it. Uh, we got Dave in the chat saying, great segment, great dance move, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I love it. Um, Scott, so I got to shout out the Fantasy Football Advice Network, man. This has been one of the coolest partnerships we've ever done, having this segment each and every week powered by those guys over there at from or uh, at the Fantasy Football Advice Network, man. They've done an awesome job putting together a platform where people can come talk about fantasy football over there. Uh, combines the likes of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you're a creator, it has attributes that you can actually monetize, like a Patreon as well. So so much cool stuff going over there. So so shout out Tyler, the whole gang, and uh, everything the community they're putting together over there, Scott. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, it's it's just cool to see. I mean, like there's so many different kind of up and coming companies out there in the space um, and to be associated with one. And I mean, Tyler's just the man. Um, so I'll never, I mean, I've said it before, say it again. I was going through some of the social scaries when I first got to the expo. Yeah. Um, walked down, walked downstairs and there was Tyler and we chatted and I was, I was good to go. So yeah, um, super excited. Yeah, 100%, man. This is the platform where creators and players can support each other. It's fantasyfootballadvice.com. Please check it out, guys. There's going to be a lot of great discussion over there on the forum. Also, there's other things that you can get involved with. League Classifieds, you can actually stream right to the platform as well. Get involved with groups, marketplace, uh, and you can create your own content and actually get tipped on there as well. So very cool platform. We appreciate them and everything they're doing. And Scott, the question of the week here was from our guy, Zach. Who was your biggest fantasy football letdown this season? Uh, man, I got a lot of names that come to mind. We talk, uh, talked about one, Tony Pollard. I think, a big one. I think Pollard's a huge one. I think Pat Mahomes is a huge one. Uh, even down the stretch, maybe Travis Kelsey. But I didn't draft many of those players. Uh, I had some Kelsey this year. Um, but out, outside of those players, who were your biggest personal ones in your analysis, in your leagues, or just in general for you? 
Um, one of my biggest was Drake London. Um, still think he has all, all the talent in the world. I just I just thought, yeah. you know, and the evidence was there that it, it might be a struggle for him to get the type of the type of volume that was needed. I just thought it was going to be better in Atlanta this year. So he had, I think he had one blow up game a few weeks ago, but other than that, I mean, I just, he's just sat on my bench and I drafted him pretty highly. So Drake, Drake London, Drake London's a guy that I felt like pretty confident where I was getting him in drafts that just, I think I played him, started him maybe twice and it didn't go well. So yeah, that's one of the first one that comes to mind. What about you? Kyle Pitts is right there. I, I finally drank the Kool-Aid. I never had him in many redrafts until this season. I was like, oh, man, like usually you're paying, you know, fourth, fifth round prices this year. He's sliding back a little bit further than his ADP was in previous seasons. So I had a lot of Kyle Pitts egg on my face. And then Calvin Ridley, man, so disappointing to see kind of what Calvin Ridley did this season. I drafted him uh, really before the inflated ADP came late in August by Evan and Scott Fishbowl. I had him some other, other of these premier leagues and like a 55.6% catch rate. That's pretty horrendous. He got the targets, but he still is like that guy who was his freshman or rookie and sophomore year, Scott wide receiver 21, 25. And I think that wide receiver five 2020 season that I was hot on, I had him everywhere that year. Might've been an outlier. And now like, the future is kind of murky for Calvin Ridley. I don't feel great about him. Jacksonville's already paying Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Lawrence is going to get paid soon. I think Calvin Ridley walks walks away because they're not going to give him wide receiver mon- one money. I mean, it's, it's quite possible. I mean, you know, we were all celebrating and popping our bottles of champagne after week one with Calvin Ridley. You know, a big <laughs> blow up game. But then, I mean... Yeah. So inconsistent. Uh, never out. knew when to start. Never knew when to start him. You know, I sat him the other, you know, the week he the week he scores twice, of course he's on my bench. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I mean, I just I thought, I mean, Lawrence, Lawrence definitely struggled with some injury stuff, but like that offense just wasn't as wasn't as exciting and as good as I was anticipating mm-hmm. this season. Lawrence kind of regressed a little bit. Um, so ETN yeah, was that, a baller. ETN and Ingram, they were both great. But outside of that, it was kind of just mid all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ridley's a good one. Um, yeah, another one that just I just saw it in the chat from my friend Dave that was going to be top of my list is Austin Eckler. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, um, even before Justin Herbert got hurt, you know, it just, you know, he missed a little bit of time with an angle, ankle injury, but. He just, I mean, after after being the, the the running back one and being drafted that way, basically in the top five and redraft one QB leagues, um, I mean, the return he gave you was, you know, it was it was probably more detrimental to your team than you know where you got Pitts or where you got London or where you got Ridley. Oh, just because he he costs so much. Um, Even you know, Tony Pollard, after, you know, with Kelsey, as far yeah. as what you were what you were hoping for and what you were expecting. Yeah, hundred percent. I. I think right behind him too, like Derrick Henry, pretty freaking disappointing as well. Like, I think we knew the day was going to come that Derrick Henry was going to fall off a bit here, Scott. But I don't think we we knew that it was going to come here in 2023 so drastically. And like, he just doesn't look good enough anymore to get what always kept him so good for fantasy, which was 20 plus touches, the pure volume. Ty J Spears is a real guy. And uh, I think now Derrick Henry, there's a lot of questions around him heading to NFL free agency as well. But you had highs with Derrick Henry. Like he still was decent, scored double digit touchdowns, had over a thousand yards. However, he had a lot of single digit games that really fucked you down the stretch. 
So yeah, that was bad. I mean, I don't know if it's fully just he's fallen off. That I mean, that team was also a mess. Oh um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I there there wasn't really any points during the season where any any opposing defense really had to be concerned about their passing game. You know, no. so um, but Tajay Spears was able to be effective, more effective than Derrick Henry, and in, in, you know, in in, in it, with a lower volume, so mm-hmm. lower production, um, in that same con- in that same setting. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes if he's if he remains, a, you know, the bell cow he's been wherever he goes, yeah. or if he turns into kind of a two down guy, you know, like yeah. AJ Dillon. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it was crazy with Henry. I I came on the show earlier in the season. I said stick by him, like like don't trade him low yet. And then he had two bad weeks in a row, and I felt like the biggest you know coward because I I always try to follow my own advice. And I traded him the next week, and you know helped me win the league to get away from. Him. So uh, apologize on that. But any other f- final like huge disappointments here down the stretch for you? Um, um... Stephon Diggs, Quentin Johnston, those were kind of the only other two guys that like. Quinn Johnston just had every opportunity in the world to do something. And I, I don't want to leave him on a bus, dude, but I mean, it, it, it's looking bad. I will say also um, Damian Pierce. Um, oh, yes. And I mean, you know, I was pretty vocal about being low on Damian Pierce coming into the season, but not, yeah. I wasn't anticipating a complete and utter disappearance for the most part. Agreed. Um, so, I mean, that, that one stung a bit because he wasn't, he wasn't that cheap. Um, you know, as far as where he was being drafted, depending on which league you were in. Um, so he, he's another one. He, he was one though, that you could kind of get away from pretty early in the season. You can mm-hmm. kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, whereas some of these others, like an Austin Eckler, you can't, I mean, eventually people in the last few weeks of the season started benching him, but you can't bench him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Agreed, man. Um, well, we appreciate the Fantasy Football Advice Network for powering this segment once again. We'll have it still occasionally here in the offseason, uh, but make sure you guys are checking them out at fantasyfootballadvice.com and uh, get involved with everything they have over there. Scott, let's round it out by revealing our 2023 All in the Scope team. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. All right, so in the scope is our waivers a week early, beat the waiver wire, whatever you want to call it. We call it in the scope. And these are the guys that you can pick up for free a week before the waiver runs. Um, we're really just trying to save you fab and, and get you some high profile players or potential high profile players before they are that. Um, and Scott, w- with this segment, there's a lot of highs and lows with it because like we have to take swings. And sometimes with those swings, you get a wide receiver one for the season. And then sometimes with those swings, you get a guy who has like three receptions the whole season. So uh, a lot of highs and lows, but it's one of our trademark segments. And I, I always get good feedback on it. So I, you know, I-, I think we'll keep it in the rotation for next season. Yeah, no, definitely some highs and lows. Uh, I think you were just describing Calvin Austin there for a second. One of my... <laughs> What am I in the scopes? Um, I mean, it, it's it's always going to be that way. It's you know, yeah. it's you know, there's a there's a thousand you know uh, waiver rankings every week, um, yeah. but not quite as many people are like this is a guy that. So I mean, it's just there's a lot more is rostered in one. Yeah, I mean, doing... it's, yeah, it's 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 you're going to have a lot more misses um, when you're trying we're trying to. Look to... Far ahead. Yeah, we're trying to identify the breakouts before they happen in the scope. So, Kyle, let's go ahead and bring up our worst calls of the year to poke some fun at ourselves. You brought it up, Scott. So, uh, week one, I had a great call with one of my in the scopes, and my other one was Isaiah Hodgins. 
I was drafting him late, late places. I was picking him up before the the week one started. It was terrible. Rashad Bateman's on this list. I I thought like after week two, people were dropping him. Scott, I was like, oh my god, I think like this could be like where people regret. No, he was fucking terrible. And then mm-hmm. your guy Calvin Austin here. <laughs> I thought, man, I thought he was going to get some run as the slot receiver in Pittsburgh, and I thought Kenny Pickett wasn't god awful. So yeah. yeah, that one didn't really work out. Was I also Dulcich? Did I? Was that no? One that was me. All, all well, the that rest. Was, that was kind of a. He's coming back from injury. Scoop him up, and he just never did. No. Yeah. You're Greg. Greg Dulcich. I was pie on the face. I called Chris Rodriguez because I thought that Antonio Gibson might get traded. So I was like, oh, C Rod could be the you know number two guy. And I mean, he showed some flashes at the end, but just yeah, got hurt the wrong games. time. Yeah. But not um, not in week not in week nine or ten. My, my two worst, though, Cedric Tillman after week 10, his snap shares went up a shit ton. I was like, oh, man, Cedric Tillman might be like the number two now in Cleveland. No, I don't know what happened that game. I, I don't know if it was just because David Bell got hurt, I think is what it was. And I didn't uh, adjust that uh, appropriately. But Cedric Tillman was garbage. And then I let old Pete Carroll talk me into Kenny McIntosh the, the week when Kenneth Walker was hurt. I, I stashed him late in the week in a couple of places. I'm like, Ah oh, shit, man! Am I gonna get the guy? You know, Kenny McIntosh, and he he said he was gonna go straight to the top of the depth chart. Well, he went straight to the bench, and I don't think I don't know if he took a carry this year. It was just god awful. Yeah, yep. Those are those are all bad in the scopes. You're right. <laughs> those are terrible. Those are probably I feel like yeah. there were some I feel like I feel like there were a couple. I think I Trey Palmer I called out. He didn't do didn't do shit either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we definitely had a lot of bad ones. I thought these were probably the worst. Yeah. You're um, right. Let's let's go ahead and talk about the good ones, though. All right. uh, Kyler Murray, this was actually you week eight. He was QB 10 on a points per game basis. Once he came back, you were questioning and feeling out that, hey, maybe we should try to pick him up before he gets back here. He could add some late season value. And he had some disappointing games, but like he had a really high floor, man. Like Kyler Murray was solid for you down the stretch. If you had a guy like Anthony Richardson or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think how many total games did he play? He played seven total games. Yeah. For his injury. And depending on your scoring format, scored 20 plus fantasy points in four of those. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty decent, but he also, he came through with 20 plus 20 point games in week 16 and week 17. I had him on a couple of the teams that I ended up winning the championship with as my you know, I'd been rolling with like I I had been the victim of the Anthony Richardsons and whatever the chaos at quarterback. Yeah, so many quarter. Did you see that tweet the other day of all the different quarterbacks that have started a game? No, I did. I didn't see the full list. It was ridiculously long. Um, you know, and and then you know I rolled with Jake Browning for a couple of weeks, but you know yeah. I, I had I, I considered dropping Kyler because he had two straight games with like less than fifteen points. Um, but there they also weren't that great of matchups. So, you know, he was just one of those guys where when I suggested picking him up, he was still on IR. So, like, if you got an IR slot, why not? Mm-hmm. And just see what happens. And I honestly I honestly think overall he was about as good as I kind of expected. He wasn't really worse. Um, you know, if you were expecting Kyler Murray of two years ago to come in and, and lead, you, you know. Get out of luck, yeah. That was a little, you know, unrealistic. But he was a decent, he was a decent pickup with the – QB chaos and carnage. <laughs> How about it? Yeah. 
Uh, RB, I think our best running back pickup of the year in the scope was Devin Singletary. Uh, Eric actually called him out going into a bye week. So something to keep in mind for 2024, when these players go on a bye week and they're underperforming early in the year, that's a chance to scoop them up. And, and if you can stash them and in my home league that I won this year, Scott Singletary became a very, very big piece of that, that team that, and I scooped him up right when Eric said there in week number seven, he was the RB eight from week 10 on. And Eric said in a, in a message the other day when we, him and I were texting back and forth that he learned a lot about scheme fit and Devin Singletary was a great scheme fit for this Bobby Slowick, uh, Houston Texans run game. And look, man, he's a pretty good pack too. This is third straight season with 800 plus yards and uh, saw a career high in carries as well. So a really good shout out there from Eric in week number seven. Devin Singletary was a big one. Yeah, he was one of those. I mean, you talked about Cedric Tillman and how, you know, sometimes the tea leaves you have to read is snap share and, you know, just an, an increase in usage or an increase in opportunity. Um, and that's that's what Eric picked up on with Devin Singletary heading in because mm-hmm. it was before the bye where mm-hmm. the scales between him and Damian Pierce really started. It wasn't like they, it wasn't the reason it was a good call and it was, you know, it was getting out in front of it is because Devin Singletary hadn't taken over yet. No, but you could see it happening with their with their just their yeah. workloads, and then they went into a buy. And I mean, nothing is ever guaranteed. You know, Cedric Tillman didn't continue to get that work. Yeah. Nothing's ever guaranteed. But like, I'm sorry to keep bringing up Cedric. Tillman, <laughs> hey, that's all right, man. <laughs> I like Cedric Tillman. I do like. Uh, him he's a good prospect. But um, going into a buy, I mean, you know, you, none of us are NFL managers or head coaches or you know front yeah. offices, but we can speculate that teams often will make a change during a bye week and Eric nailed that one. Yeah. Shout out Eric. Uh, other running back. I think we did a good job on Ty J Spears. You called him out week two RB 34 on the season. He had only one RB one finish, but three RB two finishes and five RB three finishes. So if you needed a guy like Ty J Spears is kind of a guy like you weren't excited to plug him into your lives too many weeks out of the year, but he was serviceable more times than not. And you know, fuck them ACL Scott. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was one of those like you know guys to have on your bench if you need a PPR flex yeah. starter. That's uh, kind of like a it. desperation guy you yeah. you hold on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I had him in Scott Fishbowl, and there were a couple of different weeks where I rolled him out there. You know, and he scored double digits. Yeah, you know, he didn't he didn't he didn't win the week or anything, but you know, he was he was a solid play. Um, and he's just one of those guys I'd love to see. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'd love to see him just get more of a primary workload. Um, I think he's really good. Hundred percent. Maybe we see it here in twenty twenty four. All right, probably our best call of the year before week one. I, I put out a tweet. I said it on this show. Do whatever you fucking can to add Puka Nakua to your team. And I mean, he was just sensational this year. He was a wide receiver five overall man. And you know, even when Cooper Cup came back, he had some down moments. He wasn't getting twenty, you know, twenty targets, fifteen targets a game. But this guy is just a gamer, man. And like. You even saw kind of this weekend when he got loose for a deep shot. He's not the fastest guy out there at all. Like, like he doesn't really have that that great of wheels, but just a crisp route runner, a very coachable player, and a, a guy who's going to break some ankles out there. And, man, like, shout out Puka Nakua. Like, what a fucking run that was, Scott. And, I mean, I, I'll just pat our, our team on the back, man. What a call from us, dude. That was, uh, was awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, one of the, if not the best waiver pickups, you know, every year there's a couple of waiver guys you get early that end up being league winners, whatever you want to call them, that end up being studs. And Puka Nakua fits that to a T. 
um, you know, him, like, you know, Kyron Williams is another one probably didn't get drafted. Yeah. Uh, whoever picked him up, you know, but Puka, like, you know, I mean, he reminded me of Cooper cup. I remember the first game that Seahawks played against the Rams. It was early in the season. Like, Holy fuck. Um, and like, Lock I was just in. like, this guy just like, yeah, it wasn't like he was making these insane contested catches or yeah. outrunning everybody. He just, you know, he just knew where to be and he just kept getting catches all game long <laughs> pretty much continued all season yeah um you know we'll see if, if cooper cup's fully healthy but and those two together if the, if cooper cup's fully healthy that's a two just amazing weapons for stafford i'm excited man i hope hopefully old man stafford can keep slinging the ball because uh he's, he's got some great talent I out there and i love stafford yeah, he's gritty as fuck. Um, probably my other best call of the year, I would say, was R- Rasheed Rice week four. I, I, w- I was planting my flag in the ground. Hey, let's go g- get this guy before he becomes a waiver wire target. And he became that pretty much in week five. So we are a week early on him. Wide receiver 21 this season. Wide receiver four overall from week 12 on. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen scott i have a travis kelsey jersey on because he was my first pick in my home league i i ordered it in september right after the draft like september 7th it didn't come till this week because you know hey that's that's how some of these uh you know cheaper jersey sites roll if we can say that and if i could go back i would buy a rasheed rice jersey because this guy was just an absolute animal he was the most dependable guy for patrick mahomes and for fantasy managers like he did not let you down down the stretch so many games with double digit ppr points like i don't know if he ever like had less than what eight nine points in a game this entire year it was just sensational yeah i mean and it just got better as the season went on and because the you know a common frustration with kc at least with their wide receiver rooms of the past few years is that andy reed rotates receivers yeah. in like crazy so no one ever has like a anywhere near like a 90 percent route participation but Rice started to get there at the end of the season and you saw the results of that. Like, I think he, he comes in, he comes into 2024 and depending on what they do in free agency or even in the draft as their clear cut wide receiver one, I I'm kicking myself because, um, you know, kind of right before he started taking off, I made a trade in a dynasty league where I mean, I mean, I was going for it. I, I don't have any draft picks in 2024 because I was just going for it. And one of the trades I, I made a trade for like Bijan Laporta, you know, like I got these guys in and then one of the last trades I made, I got an offer. It was my Rasheed Rice and a couple draft picks for Pollard. And I was like, hell yeah. So I took it, you know. Um, yeah, that's heartbreaking. And so we'll see how it all plays out. But it was again, it was a guy rebuilding me contending. And then, of course, you know, I missed the buy in that in that league by, you know, a couple of points and then got killed in week 15. So it was just like, damn it. Now I don't have any draft picks. <laughs> and the ceiling for and I know like you can't buy rice really right now in dynasty because the price is jacked up as hell, but like there's a chance that Travis Kelsey is done after this season. He's talked about it on his podcast. He doesn't look like the same guy. I don't know if he's ever got gotten healthy. I could see him and his brother just kind of riding off in the sunset together. If that happens, Rice's ceiling goes up substantially. And like Scott, who are they going to bring in this off season? Unless the Bengals let T Higgins walk, like, I don't think Mike Evans is getting out of Tampa Bay after the season he just had with Baker Mayfield either. So, so you're looking what Deandre Hopkins again, could he be the answer? And they're not high enough in the draft. I don't think to get a, a Roma Dunze or, or, or someone they really want um, a Malik neighbors, you know, obviously they're, and they're not getting close to Marvin Harrison jr. So like, 
I, I don't think any of the, the late first round receivers uh, w- would really move the needle off of Rasheed Rice that much. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to tell. I mean, you know, some of the people I, I listen to this time of year for prospect type things mm-hmm. like Christian Williamson, um, Kevin, you know, Du Bois uh, have, have been have been talking up this this 2024 receiver classes. It's great. I mean, it's, it's very good. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, maybe there's a receiver there that could, that you know, if, if they go that, you know, that's not the only thing they need. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, if they go, if they go that direction. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I, even if they brought in DeAndre Hopkins, I'm still taking Rice over Hopkins next year. Yeah, yeah. It'll be hard not to go back to Rice. Uh, last call f- from us here for our All in the Scope team is Trey McBride. We shouted out him in week seven. And this was another one of those, like, it was very uh, just on, on on hope and on the, the, the uptick of a 33 to 58% uh, snap rate. That's what, like, when I went out, I was like, hey, go grab this guy because he's getting more snaps all of a sudden than Zach Ertz. We didn't expect Zach Ertz to get hurt and then him to, you know, want to be released. Like, that wasn't in the plan. But still, like, Scott, we saw that 22% increase in target share. And that's all that made us, you know, hey, maybe we should go out and get Trey McBride. We were a week early on him. He saw 100 targets this season, put up 78 receptions, 791 yards, and two touchdowns. So positive TD regression is coming for him. He was tight end two from week eight on. Just fantastic. He's a monster. And he was another one. Um, a, A fantastic waiver pickup. You don't typically get him at tight end. You know, I mean, Laporta, depending on how deep your league was, um, for the most part in my leagues, Kincaid was the rookie that got drafted and Laporta was one of the first tight ends scooped up off waivers, yeah. which I did in like every single league. Um, but McBride was one of those mid-season, you know, highest highest drafted tight end last year, just quiet, nothing happened. Everybody kind of forgot about him. And then, I mean, especially in PPR, he was a monster. And I mean, Kyler Murray loved him. He was, yeah. he was there. He was there. Pass catcher one, wide receiver one, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Like, yeah. Easily down the stretch who, who are you taking uh trey mcbride or sam laporta first next year i'm still taking laporta okay would, would let's say kelsey retires is is uh trey mcbride number two for you um maybe hawkinson gets healthy it's hard to not it's it's hard to pass andrews too yeah and andrews we'll see um but i mean i think both Laporta and McBride are top five. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, which is just insane how quickly that happened. Um, but, but I mean, it's just been it, you know honestly with McBride down the stretch. I mean, Laporta scored more touchdowns, but McBride's been more consistent. You know, he. I mean, Laporta's been stifled by a couple of tough opponents. Not not McBride. I think against the Browns, one of the toughest tight end opponents. He he had a great game. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's the he's again full PPR. He's he, or any kind of tight end premium um mcbride with a killer for you yeah yeah shout out trey mcbride um yeah i I absolutely love him we got dave in the chat um or oh excuse me sorry we got dd in the chat i was looking at an earlier message from from dave we got dd saying hello handsome it's good to see you dd thanks for joining us tonight and shout out dd she sent me a box of meat last week scott uh, a little omaha meat package uh and I, I cooked one of the steaks yesterday for New Year's. 
fantastic. Probably the best steak I've ever done. So uh, shout out Omaha Steaks. Shout out Didi. Uh, we appreciate you. We got we got Dave still rocking with us. We appreciate you as well, Dave. Dave. Um, Scott, that's going to about do it for the episode tonight, man. Thanks for uh, hanging around with us and uh, giving us all your analysis and insight. Kyle, thanks for your help in the back end. And uh, appreciate this IBT family. We're, we're continuing to work and bring you guys some really cool content in 2024. Like, I can't wait to share some of the stuff we've been working on behind the scenes with you guys. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, until then, keep it in between. Enjoy week number 18. And uh, actually, Eric and I will be back uh, before any more football happens. And hey, go Huskies. Go Huskies. Go Odunze. Arguably the best receiver in the country this year. Yeah. Bring home, that, bring home that natty. Yeah. Fuck Michigan. Let's go, baby. We are. We'll, t- we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks.